Deuteronomy chapter number 12, verse number 1 through verse number 7. The Bible says this, These are the statutes and judgments which ye shall observe to do in the land, which the Lord God of thy fathers giveth thee to possess it all the days that ye live upon the earth. The Bible says, Ye shall utterly destroy all the places wherein the nations which ye shall possess serve their gods, upon the high mountains and upon the hills, and under every green tree. The Bible says, Ye shall overthrow their altars, and break their pillars, and burn their groves with fire. And ye shall hew down the graven images of their gods, and destroy the names of them out of that place. Ye shall not do so unto the Lord your God. But unto the place which the Lord your God shall choose out all of your tribes to put His name there, even unto His habitation shall ye seek, and thither shalt thou come. And thither ye shall bring your burnt offerings and your sacrifices and your tithes and heave offerings of your hand, and your vows and your freewill offerings and the firstlings of your herds and of your flocks. The Bible said, And there ye shall eat before the Lord your God, and ye shall rejoice in all that ye put your hand unto in your households wherein the Lord thy God hath blessed thee. Let's pray. Dear Lord, most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the good day you've blessed us with. God, I thank you for the good singing. God, thank you, Father, for the good Sunday school this morning. Father God, most of all, I thank you. God, for everything that you've done for us. God, I thank you, Father, for your salvation. God, through the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. God, I pray uh, this morning, Father, instead of need of you, Father, I pray that you'd help. God, I pray that you'd touch. God, I pray that you'd preach. God, help me. Father God, loose my tongue, loose my lips, and God, give us just exactly what we need from the Word of God. Father, we love you. Father, we thank you. God, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for standing. Uh, you can be seated. I ought to preach on this thought this morning. Well, let's just worship God. Brother J.R.'s done hit on who worship is supposed to be ascribed to. And we didn't come here to worship ourselves. We came here to worship Christ. Amen. I'm glad of that this morning. But before we get started, I want us to take a quick look here at the context of our Scripture. And then we'll get to the message. Now, I know that we've looked at some of the book of Deuteronomy here lately. Uh, but as I get into the book this morning, there's so much to preach in the book of Deuteronomy that we'd be here for 50 years or more uh, trying to get it all preached. But, you know, that's the way it is with the whole entire Word of God. I mean, you dig into this thing and, and you realize that you'll never, ever get it all preached. I, I remember when I first started preaching, I said, Lord, uh, I, I thought I'd preached it all. Amen. At one time. And then God began to show me more and more and more. And I realized now I'll never get it all preached. Amen. There's so much in the Word of God for us to learn, in the Word of God for us to eat spiritually. But as you and I come to this book of Deuteronomy, uh, we're going to be in about three chapters of the Word of God this morning. And uh, I'm going to cover as much ground as I can while also trying to be easy on the backside. Amen. Uh, I realized this morning that the mind can only contain what the seat can withstand. Amen. Understand that. So let's get in the context of our Scripture and then we'll get in the message before Brother David back there cuts me off. Amen. So as you and I come to this book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 12, uh, we come to some more very interesting history of the children of Israel. Now it's here in this chapter that we'll see that God chose the land of Jerusalem as the place where the temple was to be built. And it's in that place that they were to go there and they were to worship God in the temple over in Jerusalem. Now that may raise the question this morning, well why did God allow them to worship, uh, didn't allow them to worship in every other place? Why is that? Well, I believe this morning what a fellow by the name of Mr. J. Vernon McGee said. He said that God would not permit them to worship in every other place uh, because there was idolatry in the land over there. And they were commanded to destroy the idolatry out of the land. And that's not what they done. We know that. 
And it's because of that idolatry this morning that was not destroyed that it cost them very highly in their life and in their walk with God. Now it's when they went to worship God that they were brought closer to God as a nation. Every time they drew nigh to God, God would draw nigh to them. Alright? So even though this unified them as a nation this morning, I'm glad that the church house this morning, even though I love it, it's not the only place I can worship God at. Amen. I'm glad I can worship Him, Brother West, as I go down the road. I'm glad this morning that I can worship Him uh, a folding clothes, as hard as that is. And I don't fold them a lot. That's my wife, so tell you. But I'm glad that when we can, we can worship Him uh, singing a song. Amen. And we can worship Him going down the road, but you better watch out because you end up cleaning the ditches out. I guarantee you that. But listen, friend, we can worship God everywhere that we go. Friend, I'm glad that He's not just with me here, but I'm glad He's with me as I go down the road. He's with me everywhere. So friend, that doesn't mean that we ought to stay at the house on Sunday though. And there's a lot of folk got this Facebook and YouTube and, and there's nothing wrong with having but there is something wrong with staying at the house, amen, when God said not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. But friend, that's the reason we can worship this morning uh, uh, because He's everywhere. And if we've come to meet around Him to worship this morning, what that's going to do is it's going to bring us close together, like-minded, one accord in Christ Jesus. So we're here to worship Him this morning. Now we've met her in this place so we can worship Him. So that we can be drawn together into a oneness not in each other but in a person called Jesus Christ. Now I hope we've come to draw close to God. But it's here as we come to chapter number 12 that you and I will see Moses here as an instructor. You'd see him as an instructor, I'm sorry, in chapters 1 through 5. And then you would see that Moses had devoted those chapters to reviewing the past. Uh, also that he can help this generation of people to appreciate all that God had done for them. Alright, so he told the people there how they should have responded to the goodness of the Lord. Then he taught them why they should obey Him as well. And he tells the children of Israel that in chapter 6 through 11. But what Moses is trying to do this morning is that he is helping his people to develop hearts Toward the Lord their God. Amen. And Moses repeated our Lord's covenant promises to the nation as well. But he balanced the promises with some warnings there in the Word of God. But more than anything else this morning, you don't take nothing else. What Moses was wanting to do for the people is that he wanted the people to mature in their faith and their trust in God. He wanted them to conquer the enemy there so that they could enjoy their inheritance in which the Lord had blessed them with. But as you and I come to this chapter in Deuteronomy chapter 12, we'll see Moses here is building on all this foundation this morning. And we'll see that he's uh, applying the law to Israel's new situation while they're in the promised land. Now, the Jews have been slaves down in Egypt. But now they would become conquerors and tenants in the land. Alright? But even while they were in that land of blessing, they still yet had some responsibilities. They still yet had some things that they were to do. Now, God's given you and me the greatest land that you and I could ever have this morning. Amen. In which uh, mankind has ever known. And what's the land this morning? I'm not talking about America. America's great. I'm glad I live here. But I'm talking about another land called the land of salvation. In which you and me that are saved and born again have this morning and are living in. God's blessed us with a great land. And friend, I just want to say this. Let's enjoy the land. That God has blessed us with. Amen. I mean, we've been set free from the bondage of sin this morning. Hey, sin doesn't hold me down anymore. I mean, friend, I'm telling you, yes, I mess up and make mistakes. But friend, the sin this morning is gold, white, clean, by the blood of Lord Jesus Christ this morning. So let's just worship God. Amen. Uh, friend, the children of Israel have been set free from the land of Egypt. You and I have been set free from the bondage of sin. They were living in the land of Canaan. We're living in the land of salvation. And friend, it's good to be saved. Amen. But let's just enjoy it. How we do that, preacher? Not like this. 
That's not how enjoy it. Let's enjoy the land God's blessed us with. But let's be all we can be for Jesus Christ while we're here. You know, I love that song this morning that says, Brethren, we have come to worship and to adore the Lord our God. You know what we'll do when a baby's born? We'll adore it. We'll look at that thing. And we'll say it's cute. And not far off, Saturday night seems to be cute babies. Amen. But listen, we'll look at that thing and, and we'll get the warm fuzzies inside. And we'll pick it up and say, oh, look how cute. But we've come to adore the Lord our God. You know what we do when we get that baby in our arms? We forget about everything else and we worry our focus is on that child. Hey, if we get our focus on the Lord Jesus Christ and forget about everything else, hey, what a day. We'd worship then, wouldn't we? That word worship means to reverence with supreme respect. Uh, we ought to worship God like the children of Israel should have worshipped Him too. You know, God's been good to us. He's been good to us. Friend, close us. Feeds me more than I definitely need to eat. But He does it anyhow. Hey, blesses us with all kinds of things. But He saved our soul from the pits of hell. Friend, I ought to preach on this thought. Let's just worship God. Let's worship it a little while. Amen. And I'm going to preach on this. And then uh, I, I, all you uh, fathers and, and, and daughters and all of you, after I'm done, you take, you take your father out and you buy the biggest, juiciest steak that you buy. Amen. There's your Father's Day message from this morning. Number one, I'm going to preach on this, the purging of the land. Well, how are we going to worship God? Number one, there has to be a purging of the land. Number two, this morning, there has to be the worshiping of the Lord. Number three, I want to preach on this, the avoidance of lecherousness. That was important. Don't let that, that word lecherous, I was looking for an L word and I, I had to look up what it meant. It means evil. So avoid evil, okay? Alright, so number one, let's look at the purging of the Lamb. Now as I said just a moment ago, if the children of Israel were going to worship God, that land of blessing, and I didn't say this, but I meant to, they were going to have to do some purging in the land. And friend, they were getting ready to go where the milk and honey flows. They were getting ready to go where everything would not be all fine, but uh, there's still going to be battles there. But friend, that's one of the troubles in our day. The children of Israel here, they were going to have to do something for the Lord. Now I say to you this morning, and I mean this with all respect, but we are living in a day and time where people don't want to do nothing for the Lord. Amen. They won't do nothing. But friend, listen, I, I've said this once before and I'm going to say it again. Christianity is not just a spectator sport. I'm glad that God lets us get in on an action every once in a while. Ain't you? If you join a, ba a basketball team or baseball team, you want in on the action, don't you? I like to be in on the action. But you know what? I, I serve a God that don't just want me to sit on the bench. Amen. Uh, but we were in a revival meeting with Chris Cox one night. And all of Chris Cox, I know I'm not doing well preaching. That's all right. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. We got in a revival meeting with Brother Chris Cox. Most of you know him pretty well. And he decided that he wasn't going to spectate. He said, I'm going to get in action. Well, the singers, they got up and sang. Now, Brother Chris, you know, he can't walk good. And Brother Chris looked at those singers and he said, Can I sing with you? He said, I want to do something for God. And they pulled him up off the bench and they said, Yeah, you come on. And you know, I got to thinking something, Brother JR. Boy, why ain't we all more like that? I mean, here's a man that can't hardly walk. And he wants to do something for God so bad. Hey, he wants to do something for God so bad if he don't get to preach somewhere, he'll preach on Facebook. Hey, I'm telling you, friend, listen, we don't have to just sit around and do nothing for God. We can do something for Him. Hey, uh, uh, they could have just sat around, not enjoyed the land of blessing, hear the Word of God that God had blessed them with, but God had told them to do something for Him. Listen, the very first thing that they were going to have to do is they were going to have to purge out the land. The Bible said, verses 1 through 3, These are the statutes and judgments which you shall observe to do in the land which the Lord God of thy fathers 
uh, giveth thee to possess it all the days that you live upon the earth. Ye shall utterly destroy all the places wherein the nations which ye shall possess serve their gods. Upon the high mountains and upon the hills and under every green tree. And ye shall overthrow their altars and break their pillars and burn their groves with fire. And ye shall hew down the graven images of their gods and destroy the names of them out of that place. So what they had to do before they could enjoy the land is they had to purge that land of some things. Oh, right here in verse number one, we see not only was this a command, they had to do it. God said, go down there and when they set up their little false gods, you're destroyed. There was a command, but there was also some assurance. Well, listen, Freon, it's like the old song said, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. All the foretaste of glory divine. You and I this morning have assurance. I hope, amen. I hope you do and the children of Israel had assurance as well. But what's the assurance, preacher? Israel had assurance this morning that they were going to enter into a land. Hey, with the milk and honey flow. They said, God said, I'm going to give it to you. It's your inheritance. I promise it. And it's yours for the taking. Hey, glory to God. I know that Canaan's land any time of heaven this morning, but I'm telling you, I'm glad that if you're saved, you are promised the land this morning. Hey, where there be no more sorrow, where there be no more tears, where there be no more crying, where there be no more death, where there be no more sin, and the government won't be wicked because he'll be the governor. Hey, I'm telling you, we've got a land this morning. Hey, in a country that we can't even imagine what it's like. Hey, we've been promised this morning and we've got assurance. Let's just worship Him. Praise Him for all that He's done. So not only did they have assurance, they had a command. The command that the children of Israel have is that in order to truly worship God in the land, they had to purge out the idolatry of the land. Oh my! These false religions, those Canaanites, laid all around them in those days. May I say to you this morning, there is false religions laid all around us in our day. And so it's just like it was with them, so it is with us. Now in those days, we see that they would worship a multitude of gods and goddesses. Uh, they worship a god named Baal. He was a storm god in those days. They had worshipped those gods in groves. Now grove, uh, as far as I can tell, would be this, this green uh, grove there, and they worship their gods in that place. But then you know what they do? I don't even know where I'm at. But they do unmentionable things there. I'm not going to mention from the kids. But another thing they would do this morning is they were into fertility for themselves, for the crops. But we also know, friend, that we ought to worship God. There's a lot of gods around us this morning. I wasn't going to preach like this. I believe I will. We got the God of Facebook. Amen. And yeah, we open up our phones instead of reading our Bible. God help us. Amen. Uh, we got the God of the dead. What's that? Well, when Sunday school rolls around, I'm too tired. Just get out of bed. Can't drag up and go to work Monday morning. I'm not planning on preaching like this. God's helping me. Y'all help me too. Don't look at me like that. But listen this morning. Hey, we, we see this morning that they were to worship God and not those other gods, not those goddesses around them. May I say to you this morning, as you and I have come to the house of God, as you and I go out the doors, we're to worship God, not the things around. There's all kinds of things in the land that will throw you and I off if we'll let it. But we're to keep our eyes and our focus on the one that matters most. His name's God. Now listen, those little gods there, you know what they do? They try to please them by doing magic. I'm glad I don't have to do a magic trick to please God. Ain't you? That sounds like witchcraft to me. But we see all that right here in our text. I believe we see something else. I believe that we can see Moses crying out. Yeah, all that stuff's going on. But folks, what you need to do is purge the land of all that mess. Why? So you can truly worship God. Amen. Amen. Oh my. So Moses is here and 
He's pointing out everything idolatrous that is left in the land. And he says, boys, that's dangerous to you because it can throw you off. Hey, maybe there's something in your life this morning that you say, preacher, it's throwing me off. I can't get a hold of it. I'm worse than it instead of worse than God. You say, preacher, I don't worship little gods and little idols, but really, in truth, we do. Hey, anything that comes before God is an idol in your life. You know what we'll do? We'll serve money. Everybody wants money, don't they? Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. Now listen, you have to work or you won't eat. But what I'm talking about is this here is when folks just strive and strive and strive and strive to have more money and 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 they just got to have more and they got to have another car or they got to have something else. Hey, they're gods in their lives. Things become idols. Amen. And anyhow, when you and I disobey God, we begin to cherish the very thing that we long to have more than we cherish God. Say, preacher, can sleep be a God? Yeah. 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 Sometimes if I get home, I'll just tell myself. Sometimes if I get home on Friday and my wife's not there, my little girl's being real quiet, I can breathe. Do you know what I'll do? Sleep. Boy, I'm going to get that good nap. You know what I should have done? Probably read my Bible a little bit. Can sleep be a God? Why sure? But Israel here is to wipe out the very names of the pagan gods here. There was false religions in their day. There's false religions in our day. But one of the most harmful religions of our day this morning is the one that says do what you want to do and do what makes you feel good. Hey, this church has some young folks in it. I'm glad. But I'm telling you, this, this crowd out here that tells you to do what feels good, don't you listen to that. You know what makes you feel bad. Amen. Sometimes. I mean, sometimes we have to beat our flesh up and get it in tune with God. Hey, there's this crowd out there and, and they put up rock concerts. They took out the pulpit and they took out the altar and they put in a stage and lights. Hey, I'm telling you, there's false gods, false religions in the land. Amen, there's a spirit in that mess and it ain't the Holy Spirit. Stay away from it. Hey, our young folk need to stay away from it. Let's get the things that hinder us from worshiping God of our lives. What is it hindering you this morning? Maybe it's not. Maybe you're, hey, I hope you're right where you need to be. Amen. But listen, that purging can start right now. You've got to give it to the Lord. You've got to give it to Him. And I'm glad that God can do that very thing if we'll bring it to Him. But what happened to Israel is they did not purge out the land. What was keeping them from the Lord, they kept that very thing in there and they said, we're going to do it our way. And friend, when dealing with the nation of Israel and when they did not purge out their land, the, the Bible says in Psalm 106, verses 34 through 36, they did not destroy the nations concerning whom the Lord commanded them, but were mingled among the heathen and learned their words. That word mingled there means they become entwined with the people of the land and what they were doing. But the Bible said they served their idols which were a snare unto them. Moses said, this thing's going to trip you up. This thing's going to mess you up. Get it out of your life. Hey, if there's something in your life this morning you're putting ahead of God, I'm going to say like Moses did. Get it out. Get it out. Put it to the side. And say, God, I'm just going to worship you. Amen. Get it out. Friend, listen. It's time that we as God's people again worship the God that saved us from a devil's hell. But in order to do that, we've got to purge out those things in our lives that comes from that comes before Him. Hey, you know what we've got to do? Uh, you know what will happen today? You purge out that mess. You get your joy back. You get your closeness with the Lord back. You get your walk with God back. Hey, God's speaking to somebody. Lord, help me. I, I didn't have this mess or this stuff here in, here in my notes. God's helping me. Listen to me. Hey, you've got to purge it out and get back where you used to be. 
And we ought to be moving forward. Is there something in your life God wants you to purge? Purge it out. Give it to Him. We put the purge in the Lamb. Number two, look at this. The worshiping of the Lord. The Bible said in verses 3 and verse number 4. And you shall overthrow their altars and break their pillars and burn their groves with fire. And ye shall hew down the graven images of their gods and destroy the names of them out of that place. Ye shall not do so unto the Lord your God. So God told the children of Israel to purge out and to destroy that day the things that God did not like because He wanted them, because He did not want them worshiping false gods, but He wanted Him to worship God. Now, even though Moses told them that God said uh, uh, that about the purging of the Lamb, Moses said verse number 4. You shall not do so unto the Lord your God. You know what we've done? In America today, we have purged out God. And Moses is here crying out. He said, you've got to purge all that stuff out. But he said in verse number 4, You shall not do so unto the Lord your God. God is using Moses here to tell the children of Israel to get the things out of the land that might cause them to stumble, that might cause them to trip up. Hey, God, Moses, uh, God is using Moses here to say, hey, there's stuff in your life that's hindering you and your walk with God. Get it out and get it out now. But don't do it unto the Lord. He said, don't purge God out of your life, but purge out the other I'm afraid that we've purged God so far out of our lives and put everything else in first place in God's lives. And it's time for us to purge out some things in our lives. And I'm not going to meddle this morning. I'm not. I'm going to try. But if you've got something in there that you put before you, go ahead and let it go. Why, preacher? Your walk will get better. Be able to hear God again. Listen, lots of times we want new trucks and, and new cars and ladies want new shoes and, and new pocketbooks. Some of you do, some of you don't. If you don't, there's something that you want. Men too. But you know, we'll put those things before the Lord. Hey, we like to have all kinds of stuff, don't we? I like stuff. But I'm telling you, what we ought to be doing is purging out the things and drawing close to God. We as people lots of times let the love of money spring up in our lives. Instead of worshiping God in our day, there's people that worship money. There's churches that worship money. Me and my wife went to a church one time. We was lost. And we was looking for a church. And we walked into the church. And God's my witness and my wife's too. 11 o'clock hour rolling around. And this is what the preacher said. We've got so much in the bank account. And he said, this is our angel going to spend it on. This was Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. He had visitors walk in. Me and my life was lost. That's all he said. He talked about the money. He did not preach. He didn't preach on tithing or, or nothing. He didn't preach. He talked about the money. And then we left. Listen to me for a minute. Purge whatever it is that is hindered between you and God. Get it out. Me and my wife could got saved that day. Who knows? But friend, there's a, 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 a talk about the rock concerts. Did you know it's sad to say that a lot of churches are purging out God. And listen, don't ever lift me up. Lift Him up. Because I'm telling you, friend, as soon as you lift me up, I'll fall, I'll fail you. I guarantee you that, but I know that the Lord never fails. Hey, I'm telling you, He's good. Amen. But I want to keep Him around in the house of God, don't you? I want to keep Him coming in. Hey, I want to feel the Spirit move in God's house. But I'm afraid that a lot of churches, what is happening this morning is God is standing on the outside of the church and He's knocking and wanting to come in. Revelation 3 and 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, Jesus said, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. I want him supping with me. As we sup the water of the word of God, I want Jesus Christ to sup with me. Don't you free him. Hey, he'll want him many times, but many times we've left him at the 
the house or letting him wherever we went for the week and he's wanting to come into the house and worship with us. Hey, I'm glad that all you got to do when Christ stops. All you got to do is fling open the door and let him in. But you know what we do? We won't let him in. He wants to sup with us. He wants to have fellowship with you. And all you got to do, purge out the stuff. And let Jesus. If you're lost this morning, all you got to do is let Jesus in. He knocks on the door. You know what the Bible said in verse number 5 here? But unto the place which the Lord your God shall choose out of all your tribes to put His name there, even unto His habitation shall you see, and thither shalt thou come. Now those Canaanites had many altars, but Israel we know was to have only one. And friend, there are a lot of people in our day worshiping many little gods, but you and me are to have one. And His name is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. His name is the Alpha, the Omega, the Beginning in the end. His name is I Am. Hey, I'm telling you, He's the God that we all to worship and He's up in heaven this morning and He's worthy of our praise. Hey, friend, listen. It was those Canaanites of those days and they'd sacrifice whatever they wanted to under their little false gods. They'd sacrifice their children when God said not to. We're sacrificing children in America today when God said not to. Hey, I'm telling you, friend, you can't bring just any to God that you want. God made it clear. Listen, friend, the Bible said verses 10 through 11, but when you go over Jordan and dwell in the land which the Lord your God giveth you to inherit, and when He giveth you rest from all your enemies round about, so that you dwell in safety, then shall there be a place which the Lord your God shall choose to cause His name to dwell there. Thither shall you bring all that I command you. Your burnt offerings and your sacrifices, your tithes and the heave offering of your hand and all your choice vows uh, which you bound to the Lord. Now over in the book of Genesis, we are told that God walked with His people, did He not? Think about it for a minute. I'm going somewhere. God walked with Enoch because Enoch walked with God. The Bible said in Genesis 5 and 24, and Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. Hmm. We see that God walked with Noah. In Genesis 6 and 9, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. So we see God walking with Noah. And we see Noah walking with God. We see that God's people in the book of Genesis walked with God. And God walked with them. Now listen, there's something that changed on Mount Sinai. We see people, we see them. God walks with them. They walk with God in Genesis. But now listen on Mount Sinai what happened. The Bible said in Exodus 25 and verse number 8, And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Something changed. Moses instructed the children of Israel to make God a tabernacle. And they done that. Now after that tabernacle was built, Moses dedicated that thing. Then God came down in His Shekinah glory. He moved into the Holy of Holies. And you know what? He, built, he went in that tabernacle. And that's when He made the mercy seat in which, he, uh, and he, and he, which was on the ark there. And that's where He put His throne. For in the Bible said in Exodus 40, uh, verses 34 and 35, Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of the congregation because the cloud above their own and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Hey, it was ever since that day that God has chosen to put His name on a place. Where's it at, preacher? It's on you and it's on me. Hey, glory, friend. Listen, I got some Bible to back this up. But if you and I worship God like we all do, do you know what happened? God's glory would fill the house. You understand it gets a bull in here that you and me wouldn't even be able to see one another. Oh, it sees Christ. What do you mean, preacher? There's too much us and not enough Him in God's house. Amen. If you and I worship God, we'd see Him. We ought to leave self outside the church. And we ought to let Him in. Oh, man. But we can't because we haven't purged out. 
things in our life. Get it out. Get it out. Look to Him. Look to Him. Listen, it's very interesting to see where they carry that tabernacle in the Word of God. I mean, they had to carry that thing. Amen. But the point I'm trying to make this morning is I'm glad Jesus Christ came to this earth and tabernacled among you and I. The Lord's glory, that same glory that filled that tabernacle, come to this earth. How do you know? The Bible said in John 1 and 14, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. But friend, even though men beheld that glory, men hung the Son of Glory on the cross of Christ. Calvary, and they've done that. But I'm glad on the third day, Christ, who's the Lord of glory, arose from the grave. And now this morning, He's living in you and me. That glory is inside of us. Hey, friend, and we need to purge out the land, and we need to let God back in. Bible said John 17 and 5, And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Jesus is in His glory up in heaven this morning. Amen. Let's just worship Him. Amen. Hey, He's worthy. Amen. Ever since Christ tabernacled among you and me, ever since He died and rose from the grave on that third great and glorious day, every person that gets saved now becomes a temple of the living God. Christ is building a church. And I'm not talking about the building that we're sitting in this morning. But I'm talking about the blood-bought church, which is everybody that's saved and born again. The Bible said in Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the household of God. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ Himself, being the chief cornerstone. Hey, if you ain't got Him as a stone, you're messing up. In whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord. I'm glad, hallelujah, we're in Him, and He's in us, and His floor is inside. Well, we got it in there, worship. Just got a purge house of that. I've heard the stories about the old revivals. And I've heard a lot of preaching so that we can't have it. Well, maybe God's withdrawing His hand from America. But you can have a personal, individual revival in your heart if you want We just got to purge out some things. Just think of what a city one of these days. I'll tell you about another place where the glory of God's at. The Bible said in Revelation 21 and 23, And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. That glory that came to this earth, that glory that's up there in heaven right now, is that glory that we're one day going to see. And I'm telling you, friend, what a land that we're going to get to be in. Hey, they had assurance. I hope you've got assurance this morning of the land that you're going to see. But oh, how we ought to just prayer it back and worship the Lord. Oh, how we ought to wave our hands to Him and praise Him for all He's done for us. Didn't let you die and go to hell. Save your soul this morning. Oh, how men ought to praise the Lord. You know what? It don't matter whether we live or whether we die from saved. All we're going to be able to look back and say is, God's been good. God's been good. Has He been good to you? Friend, listen, God dwelt with them in one place. So that means at this time there was one altar sacrifice. The Bible said in verses 6 through 7, Here and thither ye shall bring your burnt offerings to this one place, and your sacrifices and your tithes and heave offerings of your hand, and your vows... And your freewill offerings and the firstlings of your herds and of your flocks. And there you shall eat before the Lord your God. And ye shall rejoice in all that you put your hand unto. Ye in your households wherein the Lord thy God hath blessed thee. Now the Canaanites brought whatever it was they wanted to. Those little false gods. But these animals here had to be sacrificed. God said bring them. But what was important about the sacrifice? It wasn't the dead animal. It was the blood. Before signs ever was, the blood was important. 
I say to you this morning, God brought down a sacrifice. And his name was Jesus Christ. And friend, the thing that saves us this morning ain't his perfect life. He lived a perfect life. The thing that saves us this morning ain't his, uh, ain't his uh, uh, all that all that evil. The thing that saves us this morning is his blood. Amen. Mm. His blood. Mixed with our blood. But friend, we're not saved by the life of Christ. We're saved by the death and resurrection of Christ. Thank God. The Bible said in Ephesians 1 and 7, in whom we have redemption through His blood. Amen. Of sins according to the riches of His grace. 1 Peter 1 and 19. Said, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. It's the blood of the spotless lamb of God that justifies you and me. Imputed that righteousness into us. Hey friend, listen, we ought to worship Him. Now I'm going to kill the message. They had to bring in tithes and offers. Oh no, you didn't. I'm going to kill it now. Listen at me now. Bible says in verses 17 through 19, Thou mayest not eat within thy gates the tithe of thy corn or thy wine or of thy oil or the firstling of thy herds or thy flock nor any of the vows which thou vowest nor thy freewill offerings or heave offering of thine hand. But thou must eat them before the Lord thy God in the place which the Lord thy God shall choose thou and thy son, thy daughter, and thy manservant, the maidservant, the Levite that is within thy gates. And thou shalt rejoice. Before the Lord, thy God, and all that thou puttest thine hands into, take heed to thyself, that thou forsake not the Levites as long as thou livest upon the earth. Now let me ask you a question. I'm already uncomfortable too. God made good to you. God made you. Purchased you with His own blood. That practice of bringing 10%. Lord help. Because before the law. You get a hold of this. So the next time that you say, Well, preacher, this preacher's just trying to put me under the law. You know what that is? Somebody don't got their mind made up, ain't gonna give 10%. That's what that is. Now listen, as before the law, we're under grace. God's given us more under grace. And he ever gave people. Amen. Really, we ought to give more. Christ gave us all on an old rugged cross. Listen to this. The Bible said, 2 Corinthians, uh, you'll see that. You can look it up for yourself in chapter 8 and 9. But the Bible said this in 1 Corinthians 16, 1 and 2. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, well, guess what day it is? Amen. On the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God hath prospered him. Uh-oh. So God, all that means, I made $300 this week, 30 that's God. So God's been so good to me, I'm going to give him some more. That's what it means. As God hath prospered you. Now, listen, uh, uh, friend, that's just the way it is. They were worshiping. That's part of it. That's part of it. How do you worship God? Give it to God. Now I'm not saying. There's one man that asked me one time, Will you expect me to, you think God expects me to bankrupt my house? No. No, I don't. I don't think God expects me to. As he had prospered you. Lay it up. And I don't know why I'm preaching this, so it's okay. And don't do it like this. I made $600 this week and he wants $60 of it. I ain't going to bless that. Amen. God, you've given me $600 this week. And I'm going to give you 60 of it to carry on my work and I'll be back to church. Lord, I got to do something. That's how you give A cheerful, God loving a cheerful giver. Well, I've killed the message now. we got to purge the things. That's one of the things. I've been there. Been there, done it. Me and my wife's been there and done that. Got the t-shirt. And you know what we got to do? We got to purge those things out of our lives. And you know what? God will pour you out a blessing that you wasn't expecting. I'm telling you, don't miss the blessing. Listen to this. We've looked at purging the land. 
The worshiping of the Lord. Number three, the avoidance of lecherousness, the avoidance of evil. Amen. That word lecherousness means evil. And the Bible says in verses 29 through 30, I'm closing out. When the Lord thy God shall cut off the nations from before thee, whither thou goest to possess them, and thou succeedest them and dwellest in their land, take heed to thyself that thou be not snared by following them. After that they be destroyed from before thee, and that thou inquire not after their gods, saying, How do these nations serve their gods? Even so will I do likewise. We are living in a day. There's all kinds of things we can worship outside of here. Yeah. We ought to worship Him. Keep Him first. Child of God, keep Him first. Keep Him first. He kept you first. I'm going to look at some things that will trip you up in the land. And we're going to go to the house. You and me are blessed to live in a good land. There's temptations in this land. They, were, they could be tempted by the prophets. Read your Bible. Uh, look in Deuteronomy 13, 1 through 3. The Bible said, If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and give it thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder come to pass, wherever he spake unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God proveth you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart. And with all your soul. Those prophets of those days invited the people there to join them. In worshiping their false gods of the land. May I say to you there's preachers in our day. That will invite you in. To worship something that's not of God. And you've got to be careful. There's a Jehovah's Witness crowd. That's not of God. Now those people have been falsely. falsely, uh, They've been held some falsities. Been held lies. There's preachers in the land. Brother J.R. mentioned it this morning. Some of them said, I can't remember what he said now. They'll tell you all kinds of things. Read your book. Read the Bible and see what it says. Well, who else? Who else could trip them up? This ain't going to be real popular. The relatives could trip them up as well. Look at your Bible. The Bible said in Deuteronomy 13, 6 through 8, If thy brother, the son of thy mother, or thy son, or thy daughter, or the wife of thy bosom, or thy friend, which is as thy own soul, entice thee secretly, Saying, let us go and serve other gods which thou hast not known, down in thy fathers. Namely, of the gods of the people which are round about you, nigh unto thee, or far off from thee. From the one end of the earth, even unto the other end of the earth. Thou shalt not consent to him, or hearken to him. You know, your relatives, your friends, can lead you astray. Sometimes we have to listen to God. And more than listen to our friends, I've had to listen to God and other than my wife was not much, because she's always right. I'm just kidding, but listen to me. Gotta listen to him. Gotta listen to God. So there was temptation from all that, and then there's temptation from the multitude. Look at your Bible. 13, uh, Deuteronomy 13, 12 through 13. If thou shalt hear say in one of thy cities, which the Lord thy God giveth thee to dwell there, saying, Certain men, the children of Belial, are gone out from among you and have withdrawn the inhabitants of their city saying, let us go down and serve other gods which you have not known. Hear me well. If you don't hear nothing else, hear this. There's a multitude out there. They want you to serve anything for God. Not all of them, but there is a multitude out there. And there's a spirit out there and they're not serving God. Well, we've got to be careful. Purge out the things and let's just worship God. God's been good. The devil ain't been good to me. God sure has. Little false gods ain't been good to me. But God sure has. I tell you what, friend. You can uh, have internet for a while. And internet can trip you up. And get you on a bad road. But you know, then without it. Brother Brandon, without it. Hey man, you might get to just thinking, you know what? I got on this thing a little too much. Been there, done that. Got the t-shirt. Still earning that t-shirt. Honestly. But you know what? Sometimes we just got to purge out the things out of our lives. And just worship God. What are you putting before Him this morning? Preacher, I put some things before God. Purge it out. Purge it out. Let's all stand this morning. Our heads bowed and our eyes closed.
Maybe you're here this morning and you just like to come and say this. God, help me to always worship you because you're worthy of my praise. Maybe you'd like to come gather around this altar and just come and worship and thank God for all he's done for you. Hey, I tell you what. He's been a good father, ain't he? He's the best father you'll ever have. If he's been a good heavenly father to you, why don't you come thank him this morning? Thank him on Father's Day. Our God's been good. Come worship him this morning. Praise him for all he's done for you. And why don't you come tell him this morning what he means to you? Boy, I'm sure that he'd like that every once in a while. He saved our souls from the devil's hell. Set us free from the bondage of sin. Let's just worship him. Just worship him. He made us not what we used to be. But you know what? He saved us from what we used to be. He's worth it this morning. Maybe you're here and you're lost this morning. If you're lost this morning, you say, Preacher, God's showing me that I'm lost. God's knocked on my heart. God's knocked on my heart. Would you come to this altar this morning? Would you come? Lost person, would you come? Maybe you're here and you're lost. You say, Preacher, I know that I'm lost. I just, I just can't come right now. But pray for me. Would you slip your hand up, Preacher? Pray for me. I'm lost, never been saved. Bless that hand. Will there be another hand anywhere? Be another hand anywhere. Maybe you just want to come and thank him. Boy, it's been good. Been good. Anybody else need to move? Anybody at all? Anybody anywhere? Amen. If not, we'll pray. Dear Lord, most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. God, I want to thank you for being so good to me. Father God, I'm unworthy, Father. And even sometimes, God, I'm not as grateful as I ought to be. But Father God, I thank you for saving an old sinner like me. God, I'm glad one of these days I'm going to be with you where your glory's at. Oh God, I'm going to see you face to face. God, I'm going to see your nail-scarred hands. Father God, I'm going to get to see you. God, I love you, Father. I thank you. Thank you, God, for always supplying my need. Father, always giving grace to help in a time of need as well. Father, I'm thankful, Lord, for you. Thank you, God, for what you've done, what you're going to do. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing at this little church. God, what you're going to do here. Father, I thank you, God, so much for everything that you've done. God, thank you for my wife, our family. God, thank you, Father, so much, Lord. Thank you for our missionaries, God. Father, I thank you for your word. Father, we love you. God, thank you, Father, so much for everything. Thank you for Calvary. Thank you for the cross. God, I'm glad you got up, rose on the third day. Father, thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Fathers, happy Father's Day. I know we get the, the ladies flowers for Father's Day. I figured us men, we don't want no flowers. So don't know what to get except say happy Father's Day. And, you know, if, you, if you've uh, got a dad you're thankful for, maybe you got something you want to say about your dad, you go right ahead. Pastor, my dad is in heaven. Thank God, not only for this church, I don't thank the young men that 